This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Hello, 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 beautiful people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for clicking play on this episode. As always, I feel so lucky that you're choosing to spend your precious time with me. And today, not just with me, but our special guest, Ashna. Ashna is a 29-year-old South Asian woman based in Toronto who shares stories on TikTok about building a life she loves to live. And I love watching her videos. That's how I found her. She is planning her upcoming wedding. She has a job in tech. She posts videos about personal finance and posts vlogs. And most recently, she started her new venture called Saffron. Saffron is a global membership community for women that Ashna launched earlier this summer. With almost 200 members from over 25 different cities, Saffron's goal is to give you a friend in every city. I have watched her journey on TikTok for about a year now, and I found it so consistently inspiring. Anytime I want to watch a video of someone being productive and joyful, I often turn to her, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. A lot of my listener base are, I would say, like 16 to 26-year-old women. And a question I get a lot is like, how do I even figure out what I'm interested in? Because people say, work on something you love. And a lot of the questions I get are like, how do I figure that out? Like, I'm interested in a lot of things. I love to hang out with my friends. But it's a very nebulous thing. So if you could talk to a room full of 18-year-olds, how would you tell them to think about their college experience, the first couple years of their career, how to find a job that feels good and that they're learning in. And, and maybe tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are now. Sure. I mean, you know, I think it's funny because I have been thinking about this a lot too. So after I graduated, you know, college, I really put so much, and I think a lot of us do, we put so much like value in our identity of what our careers are. And I remember that I'm so embarrassed of this now, but I remember there was a, a friend of a friend who I was talking to and he was talking about how, you know, he doesn't really care about his job and he just like, likes it's chill. Like he doesn't have to do that much. And it's great flexibility for him to go on vacation. And I like, in my mind, I was fully judging. I was like, you, what a way to live. Like he just goes to work and spends all this time doing things that don't matter to him. Like what a waste, blah, 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 blah. But now I'm like, honestly, that guy knows how to live. He found a job that paid him enough and like gave him enough flexibility that he could do the things he really wanted to do. And that is a completely now, I believe, a completely okay way to live. I don't think you're going to be on your deathbed being like, I don't know, I'm so proud of my career. But <laughs> you could be on your deathbed. <laughs> this, this now comes my second camp. I also think, you know, our jobs are 
the things we spend so much time doing for our whole lives. So it is kind of ideal, right? If we somehow don't hate them or they bring us some joy. So now that I've given two unhelpful, conflicting pieces (laughs) of advice, I, you know, if I was talking to a room of 18 year olds, I just, I think the biggest baseline advice I would give is that no matter how passionate you are about your job or no matter how much you dislike your job, you know, whatever you are, wherever you are on that spectrum, there's going to be days where it's just a job. And I think sometimes when we, we chase passion and we chase like our dream job, work is work. Like we cannot escape a life without work and hardship. And I love building saffron so much, but there are days where it's just work. And that's kind of like, I think that's a good mental check to have is that even your dream job that you're chasing, you're going to have days where you don't want to do it. And that doesn't mean that you need a new dream or you haven't found your dream. So I think that's just a good like reality check to have. And I think there's the last thing I'll say is that your life is your career is so long. And I think when you're like graduating college at like 22, 20, 21, 23, you just it's like you you I feel like you have to give yourself until minimum 25 before you even think about sweating. Like the first three years, you know what I mean? Just yeah. relax. Like figure you're just figuring it out. You don't have to have it figured out even at 25, but don't even think about stressing out until at first couple years, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I also think your first job out of college is not going to define the rest of your life, right? It's just something to get your foot in the door, like get up on time, get to work, you know, the, the really basic things. And I love what you said about you can't escape work because I think right now we live in a culture where a lot of people are trying to there's something specifically about like short form content and people seeing influencers day in and day out. Like right now, if you go to an elementary school and you ask them what their dream job is, a lot of them say influencer, which is maybe because they think it's less work and it is, it is very sexy looking on from the outside. But I think a lot of people are scared of like discipline now in our culture. And it's something I've found myself struggling with. Like if I'm sitting and working for days on end and not going out and not recording parts of my life. I feel like, does it even matter? And I, I'm going through this part of my life where I'm really having to tell myself like discipline is sexy and it is something I admire in other people. Do you ever struggle with that? And, and what do you tell yourself when you're kind of like, I wish I could just like go out tonight. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to build a company from the ground up because it's, it's hard work. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thought. I used to see and I still see a lot of discourse online about like giving yourself rest. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I just feel like I don't see enough of like being hard on yourself is also a form of self-care. Like I am a very ambitious person and I am this person that I say yeah I have like four jobs right now but I don't want to be a type of creator who is like a hustle grind mm-hmm. type of like person like productivity efficiency blah 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 blah, blah. like I, I I don't believe in you know working for the sake of work um but I think about 
even if we we take our like the things that we are the most passionate about and the most excited about and you know i i love being a content creator like i start i didn't start it to make money and it's been amazing to work with a few brands and make a little bit of money but i started it because it was like a joy and i find that there is a balance there are days where i don't want to post anything and i can't and i don't but there are some days where i'm like I think if I want to call myself a content creator and I want to do something consistently, I'm not going to like love every single video that I post, but I want to stay in practice. I want to keep the momentum. So I'm going to, I'm going to push myself to, to do it. You know, I'm going to push myself to work out even though I don't want to, but I know I'm going to feel good after. So I think discipline, discipline is, is a tricky thing. Um, but but I think it has to come from like love. Like just it's like I love myself. So I'm I'm working out at, you know, mm. six AM. It's not like I'm working out at six AM because I have to do it five days a week. I told myself I'm gonna work out and this is like I'm staying disciplined. I just I think discipline can come from a place of like I I, I made a promise to myself and I'm gonna I wouldn't break a promise to my friends or family. So I'm not going to break it to myself. Yeah. I, I love looking at it that way. And I also think that ties in so much to self-worth, right? Because if I had someone working for me and every day they said, I'm going to get up at 6am tomorrow and go work out. And every day they didn't, I would be like, okay, they're not really great at following through. But when we do that to ourselves, I feel like our self-worth goes down with time. Cause we're like, we're not capable of anything. Or like, I don't follow through. I, I think it really does affect the way we talk to ourselves. And I think I've been thinking so much about, you know, grit and hard work recently and traits I admire in other people. And it's, that's one of those things that when I see someone else and when I see you kind of get up and do something consistently, it is so admirable because I think we can't only work in spurts. Like sometimes I do get like spurts of motivation, right? But most of the time it's just me getting out of bed and doing the thing and being consistent. It is a practice of like just showing up every day and kind of chipping at the wood or chipping at the marble. And that's a helpful reframing for me. But it's it's like a constant battle. I get so many questions about hard work and I it's not like I've got it down or you ever kind of get it down, right? It's so funny you say this because the, that chipping away, this reminds me about how as children we get these participation trophies that mm-hmm. adults mock as a joke, right? It's like, you don't, you, why are we giving kids participation trophies? Like they don't get points for trying. And as I get older, the, I just realize you actually get the most points for trying. Like all you have to do is try, like give everyone a participation trophy. Like it's just, all you have to do is try and show up and you're already ahead of the game. Yeah, so many people think about doing things and never do them. Just by doing the thing, even if you kind of fail at it, you're out of the curve. And I think a lot about how special it is to be a beginner at something. You know, we, we're beginners at so many things when we're kids. And as we become adults, we're supposed to just be good at things. And kind of even telling yourself, like, I'm a beginner at running, so I cannot run a mile yet. Or I, I mean, like, I really can't run a mile straight without being severely out of breath, right? Because I'm a I'm a beginner at running and it's kind of nice to give that to yourself as a brand as like, I'm just going to try, I'm going to try at this thing and it's going to be scary, but I've been really trying to try and fail more. 
and try and not be the best. And it's terrifying, but it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. I, I try like trying and showing up, I think is just life. That is the whole, the whole life. It's just the journey. Yeah. How day. did you start posting videos online? So I was always someone making videos. I dreamed of making a YouTube channel, but was like too shy <laughs> when I was like in high school, a classic tale. Um, and then really when COVID happened, I was like, I was October, 2020. I said, let me just try to vlog like every single day this month or try to post something every single day this month. Um, and I did. And then my first viral video was in December of 2020. And that kind of made me, that kind of hit me. Oh, like, look at how many people you can reach. And I just, I just kept practicing. I just, I enjoyed it. And I think I have learned so much about the type of content now that I want to create and really diving into storytelling and like putting together good vlogs is something that I have realized is my form of art. And it's like my form of self-expression and it gives me an outlet that I get to just create something. And it's really exciting when I think about the stuff I was posting month one and the stuff I'm posting year three, it just gets me really excited in three more years. You know, how mm -hmm. good is my content going to get? It's just going to get better and better. And I think content is a hard skill to uh, put out there, but I think a lot of skills are like this. Like if you want to be a writer, I don't know. I don't think your first book or story is probably great um, in your own eyes. And then you only get better. Yeah. And vlogging is a very specific skill. It's not like making other videos. Vlogging is challenging and it looks a lot easier than it is. How do you separate waking up every day and thinking, I want to build a narrative for a video versus I want to live my life and tell the story of my life? Because that's what I struggle with when I vlog. I'm like, oh, my day isn't good enough today to vlog it because it's not interesting enough or I'm. I don't look good enough to vlog it or, you know, I'm hanging out with people and I don't want to have my camera out. How do you balance that? It's yeah, it's definitely tricky. Truthfully, I kind of take it day by day. I it's funny because one of my favorite vlogs that I've done, it was like a series of days. I was just at my parents' house and I wasn't I wasn't doing anything sexy in downtown Toronto. I wasn't like at some brand event. I was just hanging out with my parents. Um, and I think a really good vlog, in my opinion, for me is where I can just share the small details of a day that, that are interesting to people that are a little funny. Like I remember I posted this vlog where I was eating chicken nuggets and it was like my first meal of the day or first real meal of the day. And then I was eating dal. And I was like, because vegetarian protein matters too. And it was the writing of just that little line. And if you can just, I like to just throw in a bunch of the lines in as much as I can. So I don't know. I think it's for me, it's not even so much of like what I'm doing that day. Of course, I try to have some interesting things going on, but so much of it is how can I share the little quirky elements of life that we all relate to and how do I how do I make my day more interesting because I think life is always interesting no matter what we're doing and I think that's the fun challenge is like how can I make a day just at my parents house hanging out entertaining um 
and it's it's really like through the the writing of the the script that I think that that comes out. And so you write the script separately after you watch the video and then you record it while reading the script. Is that your process? Yes. As I am as I'm recording like my day throughout the day, sometimes I'll have thoughts where I'm like, "Oh, this would be a good little moment to include in the vlog because I like the story here." So I have it's definitely in my mind. I think vlogging is what's nice about vlogging is that I'm not taking time out of my day specifically to go record a video about mm. beauty or fashion or like, you know, like I, or finance necessarily. It's when I'm, because I vlog so consistently, it's, this is the things I'm going to do anyway. Let me take an extra, I don't know, couple minutes every hour <laughs> to, um, to just show what I'm doing. Uh, so, so vlogging is, less disruptive in that sense, but it is definitely quite a bit of a mental load because all day I'm, I have this bird's eye view of my day. I'm thinking about the story of my day, but it's also kind of beautiful because it just makes me feel like I'm observing mm-hmm. my day as like someone else would. And it, I, it, in some ways it helps me feel more present. Yeah. It's kind of a practice of gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. With each activity in your day is like a part of the story. That makes up this like this movie at the end of it. You mentioned finance and I need to touch on this because it was one of the first videos I saw of yours. You'd posted a personal finance tracker. Mm -hmm. And something that I know I find really scary and a lot of my friends do is just personal finances, specifically coming out of college. It can be so easy to be like, I'm just not going to look at it. I'm I'm not going to look at how much I've spent or where my money is going because that information might scare me. And the second I started actually budgeting and knowing where each dollar went, I felt so much more at ease. And I was like, oh, I actually am not going crazy. And it gave me more room to have room in my budget for things that brought me joy. And I can kind of now have a section in my budget of just like fun, miscellaneous things. But it's really scary as like a 20-something-year-old to take charge of your finances. Can you talk a little bit about that, how you got into not only personal finance from a budgeting perspective, but then also investing, which is a really big, scary, daunting yes. task. Yes, totally. So I can, I know the exact moment where my like brain flipped a switch. My, one of my best friends, his name is Akash. He is in finance. He is the, just a guy who will just <laughs> tell you everything to your face, like straight, as a matter of fact. And we're close enough where I remember we were early in our career making like, you know, a percentage of what we're making now, which, you know, I think, which is very nice to say, but making very, you know, little money in retrospect. And I, we were discussing our salaries and we were discussing our student loans. And he asks me, he goes, why are you making the minimum payment for your student loans based on your salary and like your budget right now, you could make a little bit more. And that was the first time where I was like, why have I never thought about this? Mm-hmm. Why did I never think about, okay, do I want to pay off my student loans faster? Like I very much used to be the person that was, I would just also feel nervous to look at my credit card statement. Yeah. I would always pay off the balance because, you know, parents taught me the basics, but I was like, well, I'll just, when it's payday, I'll just look at it and then I'll just pay it off. And then I'll look at it next payday. And I was very avoidant of money and thinking about it because it just felt like a problem that I didn't want to deal with. Yeah. Um, and I think we think as adults that m- learning about personal finance 
is going to be something like learning how to cook. Like when you live alone, you eventually learn to feed yourself and you find things that you like and those skills just come to you. Personal finance, we think is going to be like that, but it's not. You have to go out there and learn those things and, you know, like chase that knowledge because it's it's just not going to be dropped on you. I think it's great that our, you know, generation, younger people are talking about money a little bit more. I think it helps for it to feel less scary. And, you know, I've been in rooms with adults who don't know the basic difference between, you know, an RSP and a TFSA, which is like the Canadian equivalent of, I think, the 401k Mm -hmm. and Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what the differences between those are. And, you know, I just feel like there is a responsibility that I feel I have my parents came to this country as immigrants, like we immigrated to this country as immigrants, and they were very focused on just the basics of saving and how credit card works. And they taught me a lot of the basics. But when it comes to building wealth, you can't do that without investing and like thinking about growing your money. And I also think as women, sometimes there is this, I don't know, like it's like something's attached to you where you're, if you want to think about growing your money, it's and talking about it, it's like it, there's a greed association with it. There's like a ickiness associated with it, and I just I don't know. I I I just refuse to prescribe to that. I just think I money is a my my content is about my life, and money is a big part of life. And whatever knowledge I can give and value I can provide in that space. I am going to lean in and I'm, I, the universe has been telling me to lean in more. And I just have a lot of, I think I'm going to be talking about money a lot more. I love your money. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualities qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need indeed. Hey, videos. Okay, we're going to take a little bit of a different route now. I've gotten so many DMs recently asking for advice on certain things, and I thought it'd be fun to tackle them together um, because I cool. do not feel qualified to give big sister advice because I'm 23, but I thought, like, you know a little more, you've lived a little more life, so we can do it together. Sounds good. I have four things, four how to's. The first one is how to deal with FOMO. Do you deal with FOMO? I feel like you have it also together. I truthfully don't get FOMO anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like how I think about FOMO is, okay, you wish you were somewhere else. You wish you were doing something else. And I, you know, luckily have just gotten to a place in my life where I'm so busy all the time. And so everything that I'm doing is so intentional. Like if I'm hanging out mm-hmm. with my friends, it's very intentional. And I think sometimes FOMO just comes from 
perhaps a bit of un being like a little unintentional with your time. And if you if you make time for the things that are important to you, you'll feel FOMO less. And look, a little bit of FOMO is natural. Like if you have a family commitment and all of your friends are at a party, like that's just it's that's okay. You can feel mm-hmm. a little bit of like FOMO. But I also feel like largely I'm very grateful for every day and everything that I get to do each day. So I feel like it's a disservice to what I'm doing today in this moment if I'm thinking about something else. It's just, it's a way of not being present, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a good way. That's going to really help me, actually. My, I kind of switch tricks depending on how I'm feeling. I like to think of it as like, if usually I'm not at a social gathering, I'm working or I'm doing something for my path of what success looks like to me. And I have to kind of remind myself of like success just looks different on everyone and everyone needs to do different amounts to get to their success. Like in college, I was so jealous of people who could read a book once and like absorb all of the knowledge. And I just had to reckon with the fact that that's not me and I'm I'm going to take five extra hours to understand something, but that's just my own path to where I want to be. But it's, it's hard. And I think it's something that just gets better as you get older, unfortunately. It is. It totally is. Um as you get older, I think you just, you find that you have less time. Um, Time becomes more valuable. So I think you, I mean, not, I think not to say that young, younger, when you're younger, you don't have, you don't value your time. You just, you get more busy. You have more commitments. It's like when you have a, for example, like a very serious partner, it's like their social commitments also become your social commitments. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you have like two calendars. So there's a lot of times where you're just like, well, you know, I have a, my partner's friends are hosting something and it's, you know, it's an important life event. So I'll miss out on having dinner with my girlfriends. That's okay. That's kind of the, the trade-in of, of, of uh, being with someone. Yeah, no, I think that's a great answer. Okay. This one is so specially for you. How to balance multiple things on your plate and prioritize. Sure. This is something so, like, this is advice I want from you. <laughs> well, one thing that I... That one something that helps me when I think about being someone who has so many things going on in my life is I just you don't have to be every single person every single day. Um, I'm Ashna, the product manager. I'm Ashna, the content creator. You know, I'm the founder, and I'm the the fiance wedding planner. I don't. I'm not all four of those things every single day. Like there are days where I sometimes have to think about all of those things, but the best thing that I like to try to do is just say today is a content creation day and it's a nine to five working day. And it's just not, it's nothing else. Like as saffron grows, every day is kind of a saffron thinking day, but there are, you know, there are days where I just have to dedicate more time. And I, there's days where I've started vlogging and I just, I just, I don't vlog the rest of the day or I just like, I, I just disregard a video idea because I just can't be that person. So I think prioritization is you can still prioritize everything you want in your life. Um, it's just you don't have to be every person every day. Like you can do as much as you want to do. It just might take longer. Um, and it might be, yeah, it might be slower. But if you just give yourself a little bit of grace, you, you, can, you can do everything at once. Yeah, perfect answer. How do you set long-term goals for yourself? Like, how did you kind of realize, okay, I want to 
make saffron this idea come to fruition and then chip away at it because sometimes when you have a really big goal it feels too daunting to even look at right like just like your budget or your finances yeah I, I don't know if I set like huge like humongous goals anymore truthfully I think that is the best way for goals to feel really scary scary and mm-hmm. I I definitely have dreams and like where I want things to go. But as far as like getting a goal to achieve, I kind of just take it day by day. And I set like baby steps and I set small goals. Um, And I like to just achieve something and then think about the next thing. Um, But it is nice to think about like the vision and your dreams. And I like to dream big. Um, but as far as like making it to that dream, I think it's just baby steps. Yeah. And then I don't know if you've struggled with this again, because I think of you as like a very evolved person, but do you struggle with comparison at all or have you ever, and how did you kind of talk yourself out of it? I struggled a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I graduated from high school, I went to, I didn't get into the, my first choice school. So I took another year, just like chillin'. And then I went to another university and I dropped out after four months. So it was like, I was starting university and I was two years older than everyone. And Mm -hmm. everyone was halfway done, you know, their college experience and I was just starting. And that was like the darkest period. (laughs) One of like the darkest, hardest parts of my life. I was so lost and I was so stuck in this comparison of what am I doing? Like, I am such a failure. Look at what everyone else is in their stage of life. And I think when you finish school, so no, let let me say, so yeah, I was stuck in this comparison of what am I doing and what is everyone else doing? And then now I look back and I just think it was like, so like sweet and cute. Like it was Mm -hmm. like, I ended up amazing you know like i i i figured it out so i think now because i have that perspective when i see other people like achieving things or doing things that i kind of want i don't know i can i can see the bigger picture and i can see that my journey is just mine and i know that i'll get there maybe it's slower but my i'm doing my i'm doing things that that matter to me so i think just zooming out helps. Yeah. And it's so much harder again when you're younger because your peer group is, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Like I think comparison happens a lot at that stage when you're like, everyone's in college with me. Yeah. And then now you're kind of at a stage where like everyone's doing such different things that how could we even compare their metrics and mine? Mm -hmm. Because we're Mm -hmm. in different worlds. And I think that really helps. And I still do struggle with comparison a bit, but I feel it getting duller and dimmer every passing month, which I feel like is a really good thing. Like I'm excited about that aspect of growing up and growing older. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It really is the best. And I think to, you know, your younger listeners, um, there's probably things that you compare yourself to someone else. And that person who you are comparing yourself or you want, like, I'm sure there's things that they want that you have also. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this idea that no one is going to, the people we think have it all and have everything that we want, they're, they're, they, they, there's probably things that they want that we have. And it's mm-hmm. just, there's no such thing as this like perfect 
life or this perfect version of yourself. You're yeah. always going to want more. So you might as well just be happy with where what you have right now. Yeah. And like we can't like build a bear our perfect life with yeah. comparing like this person's this thing and like, yeah. I would love your hair, you know, like, yeah. but, but it's just, it doesn't work like that. You kind of have to, you get everything or nothing. Yeah. You know, yes. you can't be, yeah. or, and you kind of get yourself and that's, you get that's yourself. It. Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to do this little activity because I love to ask people advice they would give their younger selves. But I feel like you have advice in like so many different areas of your life. So if you could go back and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her about these different things? We're going to start with her goals. What would you tell her about her goals? I would tell 20-year-old self, you need to dream bigger and think bigger. And everything that you want for yourself is possible and you're you're truly not thinking big enough. What would you tell her about her dating life? Because now you're yeah. engaged. Yeah, yeah. Um I would say that look for someone who you don't feel has or I would say when you're looking for a partner, when you're looking for companionship, don't search for things that you feel are missing from you. Mm. Look for a complete person who is amazing and, you know, comfortable in their own identity and life and make sure you are comfortable in your own identity and life. And Naturally, the gaps will fill. But if you search for someone who has something you've always wanted your whole life, you're still, you're, it's not going to fill in the gaps for you that you want. You know, you want to find a life partner, not a life completer. Mm. I think that's beautiful. That's very poetic. I can't, oh my God, you're going to have to like either post your vows or send them to me. I feel like you're going to have really beautiful <laughs> vows. <laughs> Um, okay. Her body. What would you tell her about her body? I would tell her that when it comes to your body, it, it is not something that you're ever going to be done. Mm -hmm. You're never going to feel like, okay, I've lost X amount of pounds. I am good forever. Or I can run a half marathon, like I am done running. Your body will always be a work in progress. And there is actually so much comfort in knowing that how you feel about your body is a relationship. And when you start to think about it as this long term relationship, just, it, you know, you don't get when you're with, when you're in love, when you're married, when you're with a partner, you're not thinking, you're not freaking out about the next 20 years. You're just like, let's, how do we make today? great and I think just like focusing on your the relationship with your body as like truly a relationship as a day-by-day -day thing is so freeing in the sense because you're not like okay I'm working out on this six-week program to become fit and then I'm done it's like I'm gonna work out for the rest of my life I'm gonna try to eat healthy for the rest of my life I will likely have moments if I'm good with my body right now I'll probably have moments in the future that I'll struggle 
but that is that is what a relationship is. There is hard times and good times. And if you can just have a baseline of love and that you want to make it work, you'll make it work. Beautiful. And then my last one is her career. And now knowing that you had like a lot of like emotional crises at that age is like maybe this is a special question. Mm -hmm. But like, what would you tell her about her career? And now like you have three careers, right? I would say that, you know, you're a lot smarter than you think you are. Like, or maybe not smarter, but you're a lot more capable mm -hmm. than you think you are. And I just would say just, just like, you really do get points for trying. And mm -hmm. I think I have built so much just like credibility in my life because I've, people just see me try. And I think people actually really respect people who try. I've had several businesses that I've started and shut down and I've never felt like, oh no, people are going to think I'm a failure. It's like people are I'm just impressed that you have the guts to try. So I would just say try quicker and you're going to learn through trying. And also your career doesn't have to be the best part about your life. Mm -hmm. It is just one beautiful layer on a really nice layered life. and. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. Amazing. I think you're just so inspiring and always say what I need to hear. Do you want to leave the listeners with anything else? Where can they find you? Sure. So you can find me on TikTok at oh my goshna, like spelled oh my gosh with an N-A at the end. You can visit if you want to learn more about Saffron. You can go to joinsaffron.com. And I'm oh my goshna on every single um, platform. Um, and then if I was to leave the listeners with anything, I would just say is that your 20s and your late teens are hard years, but it is this beautiful time where you can really get to know who you are. And I hope you take yourself on dates and I hope you really learn to love yourself and get to know yourself. And I hope you sometimes know that self-care is being a little hard on yourself and that everything you want in your life, you can get. Thank you. I feel like you were talking right at me. And that was so special. <laughs> I just think you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I feel so lucky. Um, I think everything you say just has so much value and really resonates with me. And I think that means we'll resonate with everyone who listens. So thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.